Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation New Jersey. God bless you. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, or I might not be Pastor Adam Burt this morning because uh, I have a new black shirt I bought. And I'm thinking it, I look like a priest this morning, all right? So maybe it's Father Adam, if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's great to have you here with us at Every Nation, New Jersey. And we're continuing our study uh, through the Old Testament, we, a series we've just called BC, A Journey Through the Old Testament. And, and today we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. It's a book of wisdom. And, you know, wisdom, it's simply this. It's, it's more than knowledge. But it's the ability or the skill to navigate life well. And listen, we all need wisdom. All right, I'm going to speak to my parents out there this morning. Mom and dad, have you ever just had that moment uh, in your life as a parent when you're like, I don't know what to do, <laughs> where you just have no clue. I remember a, a pastor friend of mine, pa- Pastor Dave DeGarmo, we were we were traveling, we were on a New York City subway, and, and he had his youngest son, Sam, with him on the subway, and it's a packed subway car, and, and Sam, he liked all the attention he was getting from the people in the subway car. And as uh, he was kind of goofing around, he noticed that he was starting to lose his audience, right? They weren't paying attention to him. And so uh, uh, what Sam decided to do is he, he spun around on the silver subway pole that's uh, located inside the car. And then he spun around it. And then he looked left, looked right, make sure everybody was looking. And then he licked the pole. <laughs> there was a collective gasp uh, on the subway car. Like, like, do you know how hard it is to get a shock out of a New Yorker, right? And so sometimes, man, with our kids, we're just like, we don't know what to do. And so how many know that, that little Sam, he was playing the fool? Uh, here's another one. And uh, so I, I, I want you to see this video of, of this little girl who thinks she's smarter than her mom and dad. And she's assured of the fact that this onion is more like an apple and it's going to be delicious. And and finally, mom and dad just let her have what she wants, right? Check out the video. Listen, uh, now, now, how many know that little girl, that little girl hurt herself. And by the way, we need to pray for her mommy and daddy because it's going to be a rough 18 years, right? But, but here's the reality. I show you that uh, to say little Sam um, and, and that little girl, they're us, aren't they? Like, uh, like that little girl, her parents, they've lived longer. 
Uh, they're smarter. They have more life experience, and yet she's determined, I know better. And yet we have here we have Almighty God, who's eternal. He's always been. He's all-knowing, all-wise. And yet how often do we decide, no, God, I got this one. I think I'm smarter than you. <laughs> and what happens to us? We always wind up harming ourselves, don't we? Listen, if you if you take inventory of your life, we I think historically we've said this, is that no one's harmed you more than you. No one's lied to you more than you. No, no one's misguided you more than you, right? And so we desperately need wisdom. And so does King Solomon. Uh, last week, uh, we, we talked about the birth uh, of Solomon. And, and get this, he ascended to the throne. Uh, theologians believe uh, somewhere between the ages of 14 and 20. Did you, did you fathom that? Can you fathom that with me? Like a 14-year-old on the throne ruling a nation. It could be, right? And so, so Solomon, in a dream, God meets with young Solomon. And Solomon, get this, aware of his immaturity, his ignorance in life, uh, God asks him this, I can, I'm going to give you one thing, Solomon. What is that one thing you would like? And what does he ask for? He doesn't ask for stuff or money, but he asks for wisdom. Wisdom. It's the Hebrew word chokmah. It, it means it means skill. It, it's the the ability to navigate life well. It's the the art of living, if you will. And it appears some 149 times uh, in your Bible. This idea of wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. And here's the reason why. Just like you, as parents. Like we want to raise up our child that they'll walk wisely in life and navigate life well and flourish. And your heavenly father is no different. He wants the same for you. He wants you to walk in wisdom that you navigate life well and you flourish. And so we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. Uh, uh, many of the Proverbs um, are written by our man, King Solomon. And Solomon's going to write this section of text that we're going to read this morning. We'll be in Proverbs 1, verses 20 to 23. And, and, then, and Solomon's going to highlight four types of people. He's going to highlight the simple, the fool, the scoffer, and then the wise. And, and for the record, I've been all four of these people at, at different points in my life. And I want to tell you this, uh, just, I'm just going to take all the suspense out of it. You want to be wise. Let's check it out. Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verses 20 to 23. Um, Solomon says this, Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you and I will make my words known to you. And so we see Solomon just in this text has highlighted these four different types of people. And so let's look at the first type is this, uh, the, the simple, the simple. And so the simple, they're, they're not malicious in any way. They're just, they're just young uh, ignorant. They just don't know any better, right? Um, and so uh, Proverbs uh, 14, 15 says this. It says, the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. 
And so, so we see this, like, like the simple, they're, they're, just, they're just getting themselves into all kinds of trouble. And so maybe I'll illustrate it this way. Um, uh, husbands uh, or men, have you ever tried to just kind of impress your girl or do something nice and, and it just goes horribly wrong? Just me? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, like, like there's times like I know I'll make the bed and think my wife will like it and it come to turn out like I've done it wrong, right? Because we got... 18 million different pillows and I don't still haven't figured out the matrix how to do it properly or or I know like uh, uh, nighttime I, I do the dishes and so I, I'm, I'm cleaning the kitchen and then I, after I'm done doing the dishes I sit down and my wife just can't help it she's compelled to, to clean off the counter better because I did an inadequate job right <laughs> so uh, so I'm helpless and and then uh, but but this will top it off is is I just thought you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the laundry for my wife right being the loving compassionate man i am and so i go downstairs and i just start chucking stuff into the laundry right colors well who cares right just shove it all in there and 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 i I let that thing go and then um and so you know i i did the laundry and i thought my wife was was, man i I, i'm gonna get a kiss or something man and so uh, uh my wife comes home she goes down to the basement and and she yells slash screams to me well, I'm thinking she's ecstatic with what, with what I've done for her. And I walk downstairs and she's holding up this yellow sweater, or at least it used to be a sweater um, because it looked like it could fit only like a Build-A-Bear or maybe a Tickle Me Elmo or something. <laughs> and she says, uh, she says, what is this? And I said, it's, it's your sweater. And she says, it's cashmere. And I'm like, so I don't know what that means, right? She says to me, she says, didn't you read the labels? And I'm like, who reads the labels? And she says, wise people read the labels, all right? And so I had shrunk that thing down uh, to it. It would only fit like a teddy bear or whatever. So uh, I was the simple uh, in that moment. And get this, like the simple, their mantra uh, is live and learn. Right? Doesn't that just sound so cavalier, so free-spirited? Live and learn. It's a horrible way to live your life. That it, you're gonna you're gonna bleed uh, and have a lot of damage in your life, and it's just not necessary. See, the mantra of the wise is this: it's learn and live. Right? And so, uh, um, so here at Every Nation New Jersey, you, you need to know this about our church that that we take church discipline very very seriously. That we've we've had to remove pastors. We've we've told uh, people that we've removed them from connect groups, um, and and for for good reason. And and listen, if you want to be under church discipline in our church, there's one good one thing you can do to assure that. And so if you bring ever bring in this unbiblical, ungodly idea that somehow LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. That's church discipline stuff, and you can get kicked out of the church, okay? (laughs) So um, here's something you need to know about Michael Jordan, because I believe Michael Jordan, uh, he had the mantra uh, of the wise uh, that that marked his life. Because, um, uh, do you know, he uh, Jordan played on the 1984 uh, U.S. Olympic team, and it was coached by Bobby Knight. If you don't know who Bobby Knight is, you can just Google him. He was insane, a very, very, I'll just call him intense, coach and, and he's always barking at people and even can get at times physical with people but but Jordan always got away unscathed and so one reporter asked him like how how do you avoid getting the wrath of Bobby Knight and he just simply said this 
He goes, I see what all the other knuckleheads are doing and getting in trouble for, and I don't do that, right? It is the way uh, of the wise. And so um, for myself, when it comes to, to fixing things, I am the simple. I, I just am. But here's what's the great news. Although I'm simple, I really don't know what I'm doing, I can still be wise because I've discovered this thing called YouTube, right? Like, like YouTube is amazing. See, I realize I'm simple. I'm inadequate. I don't know what I, what I'm doing. And so, but if I YouTube that mug, that I realize also that there's people that are smarter than me, know more. They're experts in this field and they can show me, uh, how to be wise and to fix garbage. Like, like I, I cleaned a carburetor, uh, the other day and I don't even know what a carburetor is, right? But I cleaned that thing. Why? Because I, I sat under YouTube. I humbled myself. And said, there's someone smarter who knows more than me. Uh, and as I did that, man, I got to walk uh, as the wise. And so, uh, so maybe that's where you go to YouTube if you want to fix something. But here's a, a, an, either, uh, an even bigger question is this. Where do you go for truth? And, and when I mean truth, well, where do you go to find out how life really works? life really works and and so do you, do you go to buzzfeed do you go to facebook do you go i don't know where do you go but but uh, can i just tell you you should take the advice john 17 17 he says word is truth and so here's what i do i, I want to encourage you man go to the source go to the source uh, of wisdom and truth to the bible like um um so uh, once again i've made it clear that i'm the simple and I, i'm not very handy and uh, but, but this one moment, my wife asked me to hang a shelf, uh, in my daughter's room and, and, and I hung that thing and listen, it was like I invented fire, man. I thought I crushed it. And I went in and immediately my wife looked at it and she says, that shelf is crooked. I'm like, woman, what are you talking about? And, and Susan, she, she got out this thing called the level, right? And this this level, it lets you know when something's square, where it's perfectly right and balanced. And so she put the level up on that thing. And guess what? <laughs> Turns out it was out of level because the level doesn't lie. And similarly, that that we we allow this book to become the level of our life. And so if we're not sure where truth is, we allow this to guide us and let us know that we're headed true north. And so Hosea 4, 6 is going to say this, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so get this, like, like what Hosea is saying, ignorance is not a defense. Like life doesn't care that you should know better. It just doesn't. Um, maybe you've heard of this, uh, uh, this uh, other prophet. Uh, his name is Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson said this. He says, if you're not humble, life will visit humbleness on you. And it's just true. And so my appeal to you is this. Don't be simple. Wisdom is available to you in abundance. It's available. Do you know the book of Proverbs? It breaks down into 31 chapters. Like, like how amazing would it be if, if each and every month you said, hey, uh, I, I'm going to read a chapter. Uh, today, uh, just looking at, at, at my watch here, it's, it's the 10th. And so I, I would go to Proverbs chapter 10 and just read that wisdom today. And so you're, you're adding wisdom to your life and avoiding being the simple. Uh, here's number two is there's the simple and then there's the fool. The fool. 
And so um, uh, uh, if you've been following Every Nation New Jersey for any length of time, you, you'll know this, uh, that the trinity of Rocky movies are Rocky 1, 2, and 3. All the other ones are, are somewhat heretical. And in, in my opinion, Rocky 3 was the crescendo uh, of the trinity. And so in Rocky 3, we were introduced to Thunderlips, uh, a.k.a. Hulk Hogan. Uh, in Rocky 3, we were introduced to Clubber Lang, who we would later know as Mr. T. And, and here's what's, a, if, if you recall the movie in, in, in Rocky 3, there's this iconic scene where they're interviewing Mr. T or Clubber Lang. And they ask Clubber Lang, Clubber, do you hate Balboa? And his reply is, he peers into the camera. No, I don't hate the man. He says, but I pity the fool. And I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. <laughs> you remember that scene? And here's what's so crazy. You know that line, I pity the fool. He actually trademarked it. It, it belongs to him now. And uh, in an interview with Conan O'Brien, he was interviewing Mr. T. And Mr. T says, he said he got that saying from the Bible. He, he's a, a Jesus guy reading his Bible. And he noticed that throughout the scriptures, it would continually say that pity the fool, pity the fool, pity the fool. And here's the reason why you need to pity the fool. It is because the fool is going to inevitably harm himself in his foolishness. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26, it says this, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, so here, February 4th, 1912, a man by the name of Franz Reichelt, uh, he uh, invented a parachute suit. And so I don't know how this man did it. He got permission uh, from the French authorities uh, to test out his parachute suit by leaping off the Eiffel Tower. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Franz Reichert, he didn't test it out on a test dummy or something first. He was so confident that his suit was going to work. And uh, on February 4th, 1912, he leapt from the Eiffel Tower and his face hit the ground so hard that it left a six-inch indentation in the frozen ground underneath the Eiffel Tower, right? Uh, can you say fool, right? That dude is a fool. But if I could contrast it now uh, by the Wright brothers, you remember them? I mean, the, the Wright brothers, you know that they were pastor's kids? They were Jesus guys. And, and here's what they would do is, is they would uh, observe how God's creation works and how it operates. And so, so they would watch actually um, a, a boat. And they noticed this, that as a boat increased in speed, it would plane on the water. And so they had this thought. I wonder if if you could increase speed if if an, a vehicle could plane on the air or in other words create an air plane. And so as they studied God's creation and how aerodynamics works, we remember on December 17th, uh, 1903 in Kitty Hawk, uh, North Carolina, man, that that they would be the first men uh to to uh, head into the air to take flight. And so, so get this, like, like the fool says or, or believes that somehow, some way that, that the universe uh, will accommodate their foolishness and it's not going to happen. But the wise, they observe how God designed the universe to work and then they, uh, they bend their life uh, around that and it leads to human flourishing. 
So, uh, so get this. Can I just so, show you some principles that, that are just woven into the fabric of the universe? And if you, if you can align your life with them, you will walk in human flourishing. Like here's one is, one is generosity. So, so get this, the University of Notre Dame, they did a five-year study uh, and uh, they, they put all their findings in a book called The Paradox of Generosity. And, and here's their findings, get this. They said, um, if you'll give 10% or more of your income away, here's what they found out, that, that you'll be wealthier, happier, uh, live longer, uh, all these different variables begin to skyrocket, why? If you're generous <laughs> and, and it's so funny it's like they feel like they found something discovered something unique um, bro I think I've read something like that in the Bible it's called the tithe right and so uh, uh, let me give you another one is this um, uh, how about this that the Wall Street Journal and I've seen this actually in other publications as well uh, that they had this groundbreaking uh, detail that they found out that if you will take a day off unplug from your devices, from your job, and just relax and be, guess what? They found out you'd be more productive, you'll live longer, be healthier and happier. <laughs> I'm like, man, I think I've heard that somewhere. It's called Sabbath. And so here's my appeal, um, that you don't walk as a fool, but you orient your life around this book and then begin to thrive uh, as you align your life the way God designed it to work. Uh, and here's here's the third group, is this, the scoffer, the scoffer. So I need you to dial in here. I might get a little animated at this one, but I think it's so unbe unbelievably important for our day today. And so get this, so the scoffer, uh, the scoffer feels threatened uh, by God's word and by God's ways. Um, and so it's gonna rail against uh, the truth of God. In fact, it, it's going to actually, the scoffer will be aggressively uh, against uh, the words and the ways of God. And so my wife and I, we were we were flying, I can't even recall where, but, but I do remember this flight because as we boarded uh, the flight, um, one of the flight attendants, uh, she was really old. <laughs> So, so listen, I'm, I'm gray haired and all that stuff. And like, but this, this woman was old. I'm like, I can't believe she's still doing this. And so, but she was like the sweet grandma type thing. And so she was just always just engaging all the passengers and whatnot. But the lead flight attendant, she was younger. And I can tell the older woman is irritating the younger girl like crazy, right? Cause they're like on a time schedule and all this kind of stuff. And, and so, so they're during the, where they're serving the beverages. And, uh, and so the, the, the older flight attendant, she forgot to lock the wheels down on, on the beverage cart. And so we took a, a little bit of a, a uptick in angle and that cart went flying back down the aisle uh, of the airplane. It hits the young flight attendant in the rear end. She snaps up, she looks at me and she just yells, that woman just needs to retire. <laughs> and so, uh, and listen, I'll tell you that story to say this. That's the scoffer. See, the scoffer looks at the word of God, the ways of God, and just says, God, your ways, they're old, outdated, unenlightened. You just need to retire. And then they'll take their own ways, their own wisdom, the wisdom of this world, and they'll slap a big word on it like, like being progressive. This is progressive. But listen, the ways of this world, I think if you were to dial back a little bit, and look at it, 
they don't seem very progressive at all. Can I give you a few? Like um, th- this idea of, of gender fluidity. Like, like get this. Um, the, the fact that now, like, some people are confused as to which bathroom to go into. The fact that, that now uh, that we can't define what's a man and what's a woman. Like, um, listen, it, this idea, this gender fluidity thing, it's just, it's not wise. And it doesn't sound like we're progressing. It sounds like we're, we're getting more and more confused. Um, and, and get this. Um, uh, this, this gender fluidity thing, it's, it's not a wise thing to do either. And, uh, and I'll prove it to you this way is, uh, so there's a, there's an MMA fighter who is biologically male and now identifies as a female was fighting against biological women. For the record, like men have testosterone. They have, their bones are more dense. Their hands are bigger, right? And so what happens? Well, this guy, this biological male gets in and cracks the skull uh, of a woman, Right. And so that doesn't sound very progressive to me. Uh, recently here in our area, the University of Penn, um, the, the women's swimming team, uh, they had a, a new recruit. Uh, this person for the for UPenn, it was a biological male identifying as a female and now won uh, the NCAA women's uh, swimming event. Uh, right. Uh, and so hey, here's what my heart breaks for women. Because for, for decades, you've been fighting for equal rights, and then we get Title IX, and, and what happens? Now a, a man just says, hey, I feel like a woman, and then what? He's going to go, and he dominates all the sports. That doesn't sound very progressive, nor does it sound very wise to me. Uh, I'll I give you one more, and, and then we'll, we'll move on, is this. Uh, the Washington Post, it, it prides itself on being a, a very progressive uh, news um uh, publication. And so in it, get this, there was recently, there was an op-ed piece. I'll read for you the title. It's this, it's, it's consent is not enough. We need a new sexual ethic. And so that's the title of this op-ed piece. And if I could just summarize it for you, um, the, the author is basically saying this, that, that consensual sex is, it's, it's not enough. He says because it's it's just not working for us because we can have more free sex but but people are uh, feeling empty, they're feeling unsafe, at times they're feeling dirty, and so there's this appeal for a new sexual ethic and and here's what they boil it down to. They said this um um that that this this ethic uh, it's not just consent but the two adults they need to have a desire for one another's good. Uh, they need to provide a safe environment. Uh, they need to provide an, an environment where there's listening, caring, and mutual responsibility. And if you hear all those things, congratulations, you just invented marriage. <laughs> like, like, am I wrong? That, that listen, they, they just, they, in this op-ed piece, they so don't want to agree with God. But, but when they try doing it outside of God's ways, what happens? It becomes unsafe. It, beca- it, it feels unclean right but it, but what in the parameters of biblical marriage what there's all this freedom safety security human flourishing and so listen when we follow the ways of this world we're like the little girl eating the onion we're harming ourselves right and so um increasingly uh and i, I think many of you are feeling this you're going to feel a pressure uh to affirm um, um the the ways uh, of the scoffer and can I just encourage you, please don't do that. 
please don't do that. Like you're going to feel compelled that you're going to have to say, you know, like gender fluidity is a, is a, is a thing or whatever. And I just want to encourage you like to affirm something that's untrue. It's just not kind and, and nor is it wise. So, um, I, I believe we need to be much more like Steve Harvey, right? Uh, Steve Harvey, you ever got this? Like one of my favorite shows is the family feud, man. And Steve Harvey will get on there. And, and if you notice like our culture today, regardless of, of what kind of madness or foolishness people put forth, we have to be like we're, we're on the team on the family feud, right? Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Right. But, but I, I love those moments where Steve Harvey hears some ridiculousness and he's like, um, Absolutely not, <laughs> right? And he just start calls it. He just calls it out, right? And so I, I want to encourage you, man, to, to to be courageous and to be kind by not affirming something that's just not true, but to speak the truth in love. Let me read for you Proverbs twenty nine verse eight. It says this: Scoffers set a city aflame, but the wise turn away wrath. And so, so I, I guess that the big idea that I want to leave with you, don't mishear me. Like, like we don't scoff back at scoffers. We, we speak the truth in love. And the reason being is because truth is kind uh, for people. So I'll, I'll show you this way is I can remember uh, one morning I was driving like 6 a.m. in downtown Manhattan. I'm picking up another pastor friend of mine. And so I come through the Lincoln Tunnel. tunnel you know, I, I start coming up. Uh, 42nd Street, and, and then uh, I was I was making a left-hand turn onto 8th Ave, and so as I'm making the left-hand turn, I got uh, this car behind me giving me the horn, flashing their lights, and then I look and there's cars on the other side of the avenue. They're they're giving me the lights and doing all this stuff. I'm like, what's wrong with these people, you know? And as I make my left onto 8th, suddenly <laughs> I look. And there's just a tidal wave of cars coming at me. And I realized I didn't turn left on 8th. I turned left on 9th and the traffic flows the other way. And so those people that were giving me the horn, they weren't doing it to be mean or to be cruel. They were letting me know, bro, you're going the wrong way. And so, so, to, so to agree with scoffers, it's just not kind. They're going the wrong way. And so, so you need to, to be able to speak the truth in love. And then here's the, the last one. And so we got the simple, the fool, the scoffer, and then we get the wise. You know, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus had been giving um, the Sermon on the Mount in chapters 5 all the way through 7. And it's his greatest uh, sermon that he's ever given. And, and, and get this, in Matthew 7 verses 24 to 25, Jesus is going to give his summary statement uh, from the greatest message. And so he's going to leave us uh, with this. And he says this in Matthew 7 verses 24 to 25. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. See, Jesus is saying this. You can foolproof your life by building your life on this word. And here's what I promise you. If you determine, I'm going to build my life on the rock of God's words, you're going to walk as the wise. And then the simple, the fool, and the scoffer, when they see the storms of life hit you, and then yet you come out uh, unscathed, that you live a flourishing life, they're going to look to you, and they're going to be drawn to the Jesus you serve. 
And so let's foolproof our life and walk wisely. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we can just gather together this morning, Lord. And and God, my prayer is the prayer of Solomon. Lord, that, that those that are hearing my voice this morning, God, I pray just as you poured out wisdom and grace on Solomon, may you pour it out on your people. Lord, that, that we would walk wisely. God, in a, in a time in our world where things are cloudy and gray, a little bit blurry, Lord, may you give your people clarity and maybe walk wisely and in truth. And as we do, may it draw people to your very self, Jesus. I ask it all in your name. Amen. <laughs> Amen, every nation. Well, listen, um, the sermon's done, but I do want to remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and your giving. Just like I referenced in the message, uh, the tithe simply means a tenth, that, that we believe that a tenth of everything that comes in, we're to give back uh, to Jesus Christ as a form of worship, as a form of obedience. Uh, and in doing so, we believe that God, uh, he's going to protect us, keep us and open up the windows of heaven and pour out a great blessing for us. And so there's there's three ways uh, you can give uh, online. You can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Or you can text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977. It's the way my family and I give, and it's super convenient. Uh, or you can also mail in uh, your check or money order right here to our church offices at 101 Gibraltar Drive, right here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you as you give. Every nation, Jesus loves you, and I think you're pretty amazing too. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.